She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to my show, guys. Welcome to my show. It is going to be a good one. It's going to challenge you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to give you that, oh, yes, I can for your week this week. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever, when God is asking you to do something, have you ever said, you're crazy? (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like, I'm not doing that? That's so crazy. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you today, after the break, when we get into just the, the meat of this podcast, I am going to tell you that God has planned for what he asks of you years in advance. Did you understand? Do you realize that years, like literally years in advance, God has planned for you to be obedient to whatever he asks you to do. He's planned for it. It's not crazy. It might seem crazy to you because, hey, you just found out what one of the plans was for your life through him. So guess what? We're going to talk about that today. It's going to be good. Do not fear what looks like a reckless reckless step of faith because before the foundations of the world, it was planned. It's going to be good, guys. It's it's going to be good. This passage of scripture, one of my faves. Okay. I want to give a special shout out to all of you out there, my little pumpkins. Let me tell you something. We have grown. <laughs> this podcast is just growing and growing. And I'm going to tell you, it was a huge step of faith for me to switch over from doing daily radio in DFW to my own podcast. It took me months. And (laughs) when I say months, it took me 11 months, 11 months to make the decision. And uh, it was truly a step of faith because, you know, when you're on radio daily for five years, uh, six years, really, uh, almost seven years because I had done a show before my own show. And you give it to the Lord and you say, okay, God, you want me to stop (laughs) doing this? I've worked so hard. Okay, God, you're really asking me for this? It's scary when you've invested so much in one particular area of ministry. And we did that. And just this week, we just got the numbers back from last year. And guys, we have grown so much. I don't know the percentage rate yet because I'm not very good at math. But 4,000 more of you guys are downloading every month than this week last year. 4,000 more. 4,000. And to me, like I, I, I had to sit this morning and just really process with the Lord and thank the Lord for that. That's 4,000 souls. I mean, to me, that's a lot. Like I'm, I'm just happy that like my mom downloads every once in a while. So 
<laughs> my dad actually downloaded the podcast last week and he sent me a really nice text. So I was like, wow, dad, thank you. This is great. Everyone wants an add a girl from their father. And he gave me one this week. So I just want to say thank you. God is working and we praise his name for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. What's going on with me? You guys, this, you guys are going to think I am crazy. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know if I want to tell you this story because <laughs> you'll be like, oh yeah, I, I, I figured she would do something like this. Okay. Here's the deal that yesterday, and this was yesterday, this is less than 24 hours ago. Before I even tell you this story, my life is nuts. Okay. Y'all, y'all have seen some of it with the kids and the things and the ministry and the traveling and all that kind of stuff. Like it's nuts. And this week I actually had to cancel a trip. I was going to go speak and was feeling not, not a hundred percent and just really wanted to give this particular trip a hundred percent. Knew I couldn't do that and had to cancel the trip. Well, I was feeling better yesterday and I, so I go through, I go through <laughs> in and out Okay. I love in and out If you've never been to in and out I don't understand why. I don't understand why you, unless there's not one in your area, but if there's one in your area, you need to go. Okay. Their diet Coke is incredible. Like it is like, if it could win an Oscar, it would win an Oscar. If it could win a Tony, Tony, is that even an award? I think it is. It would like, like, um, whatever the prize is, their diet Coke is the best. Okay. The best. And I really want in and out to sponsor me after doing this opener. It is so good. The mix is really good, whatever. Okay. So I'm thinking I want to go through their drive-thru. So I'm in my car and I got like my, the, my own podcast that I listen to. And I'm like super into the podcast that I'm into. Now there's 10 people ahead of me because in and out, you always have to wait. It's like crazy. And I'm just like listening along and listening to my podcast, just waiting, trying to be very patient because sometimes I'm not. And I, and I drive around to pay and I get my card out and you know how you just kind of immediately like hand the woman or the, the man at the window, your card, like kind of mindlessly. And so I hand her my card and she says, um, did you not order? <laughs> I was like, uh, oh my gosh. I sat through 20 minutes of other people's ordering and I didn't even order myself. So she's like, uh, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I don't, I don't actually think you ordered anything. <laughs> and I'm sitting there feeling like a complete moron because, because, the, because what else would you feel like, you know, looking at this woman ready to pay for something you never even ordered. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I know I'm like, I'm so like, I cannot believe that I did that. I'm so sorry. And she's like, I go there regularly. So she's like my friend, this gorgeous girl that, that, that works at in and out I love her. I love her. She's, we've got a little thing going on, right? She's like my buddy. She's like, that's okay, girl. I'm going to give you your, your diet Coke because I know that that's actually what you want. 
And I'm like, yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. And then I pull around and the guy that was, you know, he, he wears the earphones. You know how they take the order, wear the earphones or whatever. He hands me my Diet Coke and like kind of laughs at me. And I realized in that moment that when I was sitting next to the the speaker where you're trying, you have to order, I kept hearing someone say, hello, 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 are you there? Hello. And I thought to myself, who is not answering this guy? <laughs> Why is no one responding to this guy's hello? And then I realized, oh, duh, stupid. <laughs> you were the one that wasn't answering the guy. And he kind of chuckled at me as I took my Diet Coke and sipped it gleefully all the way home. But let me tell you something. The woman that I handed my card to, she did not make me feel stupid, although I felt very stupid. She did not like look at me like I was crazy. She had zero attitude with me. She was not like annoyed that I was having a human moment. She was so incredibly gracious to me. And she was like, girl, like I will, I'll get you your Diet Coke. I know that's what you like, you know, whatever. And I felt so dumb, but there was just an element of grace that she had with me. That was, it was just really, it was really sweet. And I just thought to myself, you know, my life is nuts. They have no idea what's going on in my world. I'm super into my podcast. I order every time I've done it 100% of the other times, but there was just something about yesterday. My brain was just clearly not in the game. And she didn't, she didn't roll her eyes. She had an attitude. She was just literally really sweet. And I just thought to myself, in the world that we are in, let's choose to be more like her. When someone does do something that's totally stupid, like let's be honest, I should have ordered my drink. Why don't we approach them with grace and not annoyance, with love and not offense? Because had she known everything that had was going in my life, I mean, who knows? Maybe they would have hand delivered it to my car, but she didn't. That was her automatic response. And I just thought, man, she's precious. She is, she is one precious woman. So anyway, uh, that's what's happening in my world. Clearly, maybe you need to point some of your prayers in my direction, but I will talk to you about what the Lord has, has given me to share after the break. Don't go anywhere, guys. I'll be right back. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to 
autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, okay, okay. We are back from the break. I hope you enjoyed the break. They're not that long. So, you know, you can just take a little breather, whatever. Tell your kid to stop drawing on the wall and then come right back. It's great. It's great. It's real short. Okay, so today, uh, this is for you guys today that you are talking back to God and you are like, you want me to do what you want? What you, you, you want me to step out in faith and what this ask seems reckless. This is for you guys today. And I am going to tell you today how the Lord has literally planned years in advance, sometimes months in advance, sometimes days in advance, sometimes generations in advance for this thing that God is asking you to do. Okay. I I love that us humans look at God sometimes and we're like, Oh God, you are so reckless. You're asking me to break up with this, this boy or this woman. How could you do that? Like I've spent seven years of my life with them. Well, you know what? God isn't going to ask you to part from a relationship if he hasn't planned for that step of faith. Oh God, you want me to, you know, try to run for public office? Do you know what that's going to mean? Like, where am I going to whatever? And let me tell you something. It might seem crazy, but God always provides for what he asks. We disrespect God and we look at God and we say, we say, oh God, you, you, you just don't know what's happening in my life when you literally wouldn't have a life without God. Do you understand what I'm saying? This whole idea that God is being reckless with us. And so that, so we can discount what he says needs to be halted. And I'm going to show you why straight from the scripture. Okay. When we see God as unsafe or insecure, it's, it's our pride. Okay. Can I just talk to you like a mama for like two seconds? It's a pride thing. We think we know better. We think we could do God's job better. Okay. You can't, you cannot. There has been several times in my life when I knew God was asking me to do something or to not to do something, and I I did listen, and it caused harm in my life because you know why? I thought I was so much smarter than the ask of God, and I thought God was being reckless, and he was being, you know, he was trying to destroy my life when really he was trying to protect me and set me on the way that I needed to go. It is unbelievable how this mindset is so rampant, but also how the enemy uses it. We have this idea that we've got this. We've got this, God. God, I only need you for Sunday. God, I only need you for, you know, for me to check my box. 
I, I, I've got everything else in my life and I don't need you for that. And I'm going to tell you about the precision and the provision that goes into absolutely, and I mean absolutely every single ask of the Lord. For some people, stepping out in faith is getting in a car and driving in Dallas. I know I've said this before, but with a new driver in the house, <laughs> it really is a step of faith, not just for her, but for me, okay? Her mother, who is literally praying Psalm 91 over her every time her wheels leave our driveway. For some, that is a big step of faith. For some, a big step of faith would be, I don't know, uh, signing up to do something at church or whatever. For some, those things aren't a big deal, okay? Some people starting a business or staying in a business or confronting a family member when you don't want to do it. You think that peace would be just not saying anything and never seeing them again. There are different levels in our steps of faith, but you will be shocked to know when you follow what God says to do. A lot of times God will say, you need to say this to this person and they will come back at me and they'll be like, it's so crazy that you said that Autumn, because I need to hear this. When I thought they would be resistant to what I said, they they receive it really, really well. It's just amazing the precision of his provision in our lives, especially in uh, Steps of Faith. So I want to blow your mind with a story from Joshua. You guys, you are literally never going to look at this story the same. It is a nugget from scripture that's going to, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Okay. God did this and he showed us in the scripture how he provides for that reckless step. For what looks like reckless this side of heaven, it's perfectly planned from the uh, from actual heaven, okay? I want to tell you before I get into this, this is not in Rahab. I am Rahab, but I do want to point you shameless plug here, like super shameless. <laughs> Go get that book. You can get it anywhere books are sold just to find out more about the Jericho, the Jordan, all of those things because I studied it and wrote a book on it and it was released in 2018. I am Rahab is the name of it. I want to take you to Joshua 2.23. Now, I'll, I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to break down the provision of the Lord. We talked about Rahab a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to come back to this piece of scripture to really encourage you. Uh, Joshua 2.23 says this. Then the two men, the two spies, we know the two spies that went and visited Rahab, returned and came down from the hill country. And they crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they related to him all that had happened to them. Okay. Verse 24 says this. They said to Joshua, surely the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. Now, now let's just take this for example. How did they know that? 
Because when they went out, God had already planned for them to go spy out the land. He already had planted Rahab. He had already answered what he asked them to do. So we already see the precision of the provision of that one step of faith. So they were able to go out. They immediately, when they went to Jericho, which is what they wanted to defeat, they went directly to the house of Rahab. How did they know that Rahab was going to have all this intelligence? They didn't, okay? But God had planted seeds in Rahab years in advance, waiting for them to come to her house so she could tell them, listen, God's got this. God's got you. You're going to be great. I'm no doubt that you're going to defeat my city. Okay. But you're going to need to protect me. We already see the provision of the Lord through the two spies. And he comes back and he tells Joshua this. Okay. God had planned for Joshua to send out the spies. It was not reckless. It was perfect. It was not crazy. It was a peace in the process of the Lord. Okay. So that's what happens. Rahab is waiting and Joshua then has to get million, probably a couple million people ready to go over. Now, in order for them to do that, they have to cross the Jordan river, which is why Jericho was so one of the biggest challenges for Israel. Jericho was not a big city. It was, I don't even know. I, I, I wrote it in the book. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was just several acres big. Like it was not a big city, but for you to defeat an entire city that had well fortified walls, the architecture of this city was genius. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to protect the inner city, the inner tier of the city. So Jericho was the most well-fortified city in the entire land of Canaan, okay? So in order to even get to Jericho, people had to cross the Jordan River. Now, I told you with the flax and with Rahab, we knew, we know it's harvest time because they're harvesting the flax at harvest time. This is a lot of technical stuff, but I'm telling you, it's so good when we get to it at harvest time, the Jordan river swells. Okay. So there are points of the Jordan river that could be as wide as one mile. Now, some of them are shallow and some of them, you know, you know how rivers flow. Some of them there's uh, you can get over really quick and some of them aren't. So let's say the maximum length that a couple million people would have to cross would be one mile. Now, if you're looking in regards to the Red Sea, clearly the whole nation of Israel crossed the Red Sea, one mile doesn't seem like a lot. But if you are going to go in to defeat a city, I don't think you want two million people crossing the Jordan River. Don't you think that word was getting around Jericho that Israel was in the house and they were about to come attack Jericho? It's not like a, you can't do it quietly. Word's going to get out. People are going to know. The king of Jericho was very, very aware that this was coming towards them. Okay. So, you know, when you, when you look at it in, in that regard, clearly the Red Sea was wider. It was an entire sea that they had to get across. But when you're talking about going and trying to take a city by surprise, one mile is a long time. Okay. It's, it's, it's a lot. So here we have the spies. They've come in, they've talked to Joshua, and he's like, okay. Perfect. 
we are going to go, I'm going to rally all the people and we're going to cross. And that's exactly what he does. I want to skip through to Joshua three. We're going to start in verse nine and I'm going to break down what happens at the Jordan because at the Red Sea, which happened 40 years previous, the water parted. It doesn't give us any other details other than the waters parted. Okay. The waters were held back and you can find this in, uh, in Exodus, the waters were held back. They literally parted. God parted the waters. He did his own supernatural dam in the middle of the Red Sea. This miracle happened a different way. And that's what I want to focus on today. Did the waters part for the Jordan? Yes. But God gives us a glimpse into how the waters parted at the Jordan. And that, when I studied that, you guys, I could not shut up about it for like weeks. Listen to this. Okay. In Exodus 3, 9, it says this, then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord, your God. Verse 10. Joshua said, by this, and I, oh, I, I love this. By this, you shall know that the living God is amongst you. you he is telling them, God's about to blow your mind. <laughs> and you will never, as long as you live, you will never, ever, ever forget, ever forget that the living God the Jehovah is amongst you. He is like not even playing. And I think, I feel like that's a word for somebody today. You're about to see something in your life that you will never forget. And you will always point back to that circumstance in your life when you said, I know God is real because this is what he did for me in 2021. I know God is real because this is how he provided for me. And it looked crazy and it looked stupid and looked ridiculous and it looked reckless, but God came through. Some of y'all are about to enter a season where you could not deny Christ if you wanted to, because he is about to be so blatant blatantly obvious in your life. And this is what Joshua is telling the people. By this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will assuredly, assuredly, it's going to happen. You think it's stupid what we're doing? It is going to happen. He will assuredly dispossess from before you, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the, the Perizzite. It's not Perizzite, but it's kind of funny to say it that way. The uh, Girgashite and the Amorite and the Jebusite. Verse 11 says this, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Verse 12. Now then, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one for each tribe. Verse 13, and this is where it is good, y'all. It shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. They had to rest. They had to go in. Their feet had to be in the water. And he tells us what's going to happen. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in one heap. 
Now, this makes people like me who are obsessed with the scripture become even more obsessed. I like Jesus geek out so much over verses like this. These are the verses that make me lean in and they make me go, huh, I wonder what he's saying right there. This is where you see the majesty of the Lord when you do a little studying. The Bible says so much more when you study it than it does when you just read the words of it. When you cross-reference, when you see what it means, when you see the original language, it will literally blow your mind. So Joshua is telling them right here, this is what's going to happen. Verse 13. When the priest's feet who carry the ark rest in the water, it's not going to happen until they rest in the water. Some of you guys are like, when I see a sign that God is working, I'm going to do it. No, your sign is your foot in the water. Okay. You have to obey first. You have to obey first. Let me say that again. Y'all be so lazy over here with Jesus. You got to put your foot in first. Now, it did not say when the water had went over their head and they were drowning that the Lord provided. No, it didn't say that. Their foot had to be in the water. Their head did not have to be submersed. Their foot had to be in the water. So what is that little step of faith that God is asking you to do right now? that you're freaking out about. Oh God, I can't make that phone call. I can't send that email. You know what? That's a baby step, you guys. That's a baby, baby, baby step. Do the thing. Put your little soul, the sole of your foot in the water. More of my feet are in the water getting a pedicure than these priests' feet were in the water when the Jordan parted. Do you understand? This is a small thing that God is asking this, these priests to do. When the sole of your foot is in the water, that's what I'm going to provide. Guys, I go get a pedicure and I'm like up to my knees in that water. Let me tell you something. It is less risky to step in the Jordan than it is to get a pedicure at this point, right? So when their feet, soles of their feet rest in the water, when that happens, it automatically is the signal for God to stop the waters of the Jordan. They will be cut off and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand up in one heap. Okay, what does this mean? What does it mean? The waters will be cut off. A geeky brain like mine is like, from where? How are they going to be cut off? What's going to happen? Is God going to part like he did the Red Sea? Or is there something to it? It says they will stop flowing down from above, which meant that the where they crossed, they were at an incline. So that means that it would be even harder for the waters to be cut off. If you are standing on the, the lower side of a hill in a riverbed, the water is probably going to be gushing really, really hard, probably like rapids where you are. So it tells us that the water is going to be cut off. The waters which are flowing down are going to be cut off. This intrigued me like no other, you guys, because God's telling us, listen, I did something here and I want you to look in. And so I did. Verse 14 says this, when the people set out their tents to cross the Jordan, with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord. And when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priest carrying the Ark were dipped, 
not submersed, dipped a tiny little, literally, it was a tiny little step of faith. Isn't it amazing that God's precise provision is even for teeny tiny steps of faith? Tiny little step, tiny little step. When their feet were dipped in the edge of the water, not in the middle of the Jordan, in the edge of the water, from the Jordan overflow. Now, it actually tells you here in the text exactly what I just told you. It was harvest time, and the banks were overflowed, okay? So it's the, the notes are in there in uh, Joshua 3.15. The waters, verse 16, which were flowing down from above, stood and rose in one heap. And then it says this, a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan, and those which were flowing down towards the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off when the people crossed opposite Jericho. Now, anyone who's not obsessed with the scripture would read this and be like, oh, that's nice. That's fantastic. But I want to break this down for you. Where the it tells us exactly the location that the nation of Israel was crossing. It was 20 miles from the city of Adam. It tells us from the text. Let me read it again. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan. And those which were flowing down towards the sea of, of Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho. Listen, listen, listen. This is amazing. God's telling us their location. I'm sure they probably do tours there right now. In my study, I found that Adam the city of Adam, is 20 miles away from where the priest's souls dipped in the edge of the Jordan. So what this text is telling us is that when the souls entered the Jordan and they rested there, it immediately triggered this what I can, as as I said, and a lot of people agree with this, there must have been some sort of landslide that happened 20 miles north of where they were standing to dam up the water so that it stopped and rolled down 20 miles so it would be completely cut off from where the nation of Israel was crossing. Adam is 20 miles up the river. That's where God dammed up the water. When I read this truth, I have never looked at a step of faith again the same. And I never will. Ever. I will never look at God and say, you are reckless. I will never look at God and say, you are messing with me. I will never look at God and doubt his provision ever again for the rest of my life. When I saw the delay that happened 
when the water was dammed up, I mean, I mean, that water, it took a minute for that water to flow down to completely cut off the water for 2 million people to cross over in the Jordan. When I saw how God provided and what he did as soon as the souls were in the banks of the Jordan, as soon as the toes dipped in, when I saw that 20 miles up the river, when they didn't even know God was damming up the water, he was providing for them and they didn't know it. Imagine the angst of the priest. Imagine the angst of even Joshua, even though he had a word of the Lord. Imagine the angst of the, the entire nation looking at this and going, I really hope God does this again. I mean, he did do it once. Hopefully he'll do it again. I mean, I don't know though. We weren't alive when that happened uh, at the Red Sea. How do we know this is going to happen? The angst, can you imagine the silence that spread through the whole nation as they watched, wondering, is God going to provide for us this time? Is he going to operate this time? Is he going to do a miracle this time? You know being human, what some of those people were thinking, this is dumb. This is stupid. We should build rafts and go across the water. This is our human way. We should just build a couple canoes. Why don't we just, you know, make a human, I don't know, bridge and everyone can walk across. Well, that's really stupid when God wants to part the Jordan. We always think of a human way to do something and God wants to do it miraculously. But I know they thought this is reckless. This is reckless. And yet, 20 miles away, God had provided supernaturally for their one step of faith. I wonder the cheers that broke out in the whole nation when the water stopped. You just imagine, I've been to a Cowboys game, those people crazy, and I was one of them. Can you imagine the cheers and the praise that broke out on the banks of the Jordan when they saw Jehovah coming through for them in a miraculous way? That same God, my friend, is your God. That same God whose precision is unparalleled, whose provision is unchallenged, is your God. And that same God that caused a miracle to happen 20 miles away, far away, is the same God that is planned 20 years in advance, for your step of faith, 20 months in advance for your step of faith, 20 generations in advance for your step of faith. That same provision is yours. And guess what? They all went through. Congratulations to them. But I want to I read this, and I know we're going long, but that's okay. 
I love this verse. I didn't put it in the notes, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just read it. Cause I think it's fantastic. Joshua five eighteen says this, it came about, this is after everyone at everyone, the verse is about to tell you. So I, I won't, I won't give it a narrative because the verse is going to tell you it about, it came about when the priest who had carried the Ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the middle of the Jordan. And the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up onto dry ground. Listen to this. That the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and went over all its banks as before. Ah, that just gave me chills. And I've read this three trillion times. When they stepped in, God provided And when they stepped out, his provision was over. He already did the deed. And the water came gushing back. So no one else got the same provision that his people got. He provided for them personally. And it's something that they'll never forget. Don't discount the provision of the Lord, the precision of the Lord. As he asks you to step out, do it. And it'll be something that will be legendary in your home. Ah, love the story. Love you guys. I got a question for you. I'll be back after the break. Okay. All right. That was good, wasn't it? Praise the Lord. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, okay, okay. Here I am back with a question from one of you. This comes from Caitlin. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, if y'all want to, qu- uh, if you want to ask a question, send it in at hello at autumnmiles.com or just DM us on social because we kind of look through, sift through all of them during the week. Here, here it is. Here it is. When stepping out in faith looks crazy to others around you, what do you realistically say to those people who try to convince you not to do what you feel God is calling you to do? Here's the deal. You're going to sound crazy, Caitlin. <laughs> God love you. God bless you. You're going to sound crazy. Here, here's the thing. What I've learned about stepping out in faith, I have ha- I've, I've done this a lot and I've let my team in on things, my family in on things. I've let 
my husband, I've told my husband things and he's like, Oh, you want to do that? You think God is asking you to do that? And they all look at you. They all give you like the side eye. Like, what are you? I don't really, they all, every one of them is going to question the validity of it. They're going to question, did it really come from God? All those things. Here's what I've done, Caitlin, in my own life. First of all, I do not tell people anything God tells me until it is confirmed by God himself, either through his scripture or through his spirit, okay? Or through through another person. I keep things private. <laughs> you are not welcome in my, in my prayer life, okay? When God is asking me to do something, I will keep it private. Now, a lot of my life is in the public. A lot of people know a lot of stuff about me, but not really, okay? People, some people are like, oh yeah, she's my best friend. Well, I actually reserve a lot of things and don't tell people a lot of things. And this is one of them. My, my, the, the ask of the Lord in my life are sacred. They are special. I don't want to reveal them too soon because criticism, if I reveal it too soon, will make me question what God said. I always get confirmation from his word, from his spirit, or from another person. Secondly, when you have that confirmation, share when you're confident. This is what God says. Because you will get criticism, you will get pushback, but you can always rely on the unchanging truth of God's word to back you. And the third thing is this, you got to get over what other people think. I've been looked at so nuts for a while. And then what God has told me has actually happened. And it's changed a lot of people's perspectives. Give God and people time. Uh, I don't ever get offended when someone doesn't agree with what I feel like God is telling me to do, because you know what? It's not for them. It's for me. It's what God wants me to do. So don't share until it's confirmed. When you do share, expect criticism, but stick to your ground anyway. And then I don't know what I just said, but I'm sure it was great. (laughs) Stick to it. Follow through. Do exactly what God tells you to do. And Caitlin, I am telling you what, those are the two biggest things. Get confirmation and be confident and understand that God didn't ask them to do it. He asked you to do it. So, okay, that's it. That's it. It's all for today. Let me pray. Let me pray us out. Lord Jesus, we thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for what you are willing to do for us, God. You blow my mind every single day. I thank you for every listener that is listening, that needed this reminder, that needed to see something concrete from scripture. I thank you for everyone whose faith was stirred in this process. We praise you, God, because you are good. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. God, you are the one that can do the craziest, most awesome things in our lives. And I thank you, God, that you are working even as I'm speaking. And Lord, we thank you for blessing this podcast. We ask for your hand to stay hovered right over this podcast and to bless it even more. We love you all for your name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I will catch you next week. Love y'all. See you then. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. 
While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Thank <laughs> you.